and what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan. This is a Reinforced Running Podcast. Welcome. Today, we have Ryan Kent. I'm super pumped to have had Ryan on. I've been meaning to talk to him for a while and was able to, to have a chance that both of our schedules worked out. So we knocked it out, man. And we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about his shift in perspective, his year of 2020, which changed a lot, the profession of obstacle course racing and how viable that is for the longevity of a person's life. And we talk some high rocks training, we talk some DECA training, we do some nuts and bolts of like what it's going to look like to be a successful hybrid athlete down the road. We talk a lot about Ryan's goals. So if you know Ryan Kent, you know he's very engaging, very cool guy, very optimistic about the sport and about life in general. So love the conversation. I think you'll love it as well. So if you are loving these conversations and you've been listening to the Reinforced Running Podcast a while, hook us up with a review. Uh, five stars on Apple if you believe it's worth five stars. And a little write-up helps us a lot, really helps us get found in, in making sure that this is worth it to you and gives us good feedback to make sure that we can keep providing good content your way. Cool. Let's do it. Ryan Kent. If the resistance doesn't even... Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, you're good. So, all right. The, so, um... I was just going to say the resistance doesn't even work like on one direction because I've just like destroyed this machine. So how are you putting that thing to work? Like I, I, I imagine it's cool. You know, it's great for deck because it's like, there's no variables, right? It's not like the carpet, this and that, like you just set it to the thing and that's the resistance that you get. Are you just pushing mm-hmm. it for a long time? Cause it doesn't get heavier. Right. Or are you just doing like sprints? No, with it? like, I, so I, my street outside is on an incline, probably mm-hmm. like, I don't know, a 5% grade maybe. Um, and then I, dude, I'll load it up with like pretty much every weight that I have in my gym. Like I'll throw like 400 pounds on top of the, on top of the torque, um, and put it on the incline and I'll probably, I'll push it for like 45 seconds up my street and then just turn around and push it back down the hill and then turn around and go back. Like so, because you can push it downhill, right? Because and it will still yeah. have the resistance on it. It's not gonna yep. like fly down, right? I guess that's a that's a cool perk to it. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I interested. wish I wish the wheels would pivot a little bit because like if it starts going in like an angle, like because I keep it on the sidewalk, and sometimes it'll start angling like into the street. <laughs> and if you've got like 400 pounds on it, it's hard to change turn in the it. direction. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if they, if they made a new model, I wish they like it, the wheels could pivot in the front or something. That'd be interesting. And then you kind of use it. It would be better for like, like outdoor gym setups. I guess that so you can take it a little bit further around a corner or something. Yeah. What's, what's the next piece of the gym? What What's, what's missing? Dude. So, so, I'm thinking I need, I've been debating on a rower or, uh, uh, an assault bike. Mm. I heard and assaults having a big sale. Oh, cause assault, they lost their CrossFit hookup, the partnership. So I heard there's oh, really? like, oh, they're having a crazy sale right now. I heard that about the rowers too. Someone was just telling me they're getting a row for like 900 bucks, which is on, cheaper than typical on rogue on rogue. Yeah. yeah. Like new ones. So I heard that. I heard that about assault too. That they're getting like real cheap. I have to check. I think that in general they're cheaper than the rowers too, right? Yeah, I think I think a rower typically you're looking at about about a G when they're new. So nine hundred nine hundred bucks. Nine hundred bucks off. No, I'm like I feel like I would get more benefit, like better workouts with the assault bike, but I do a lot of just like easy aerobic cross mm-hmm. training, and I feel like the rower would be more beneficial for that so i don't know we'll I feel see the, i feel the same way on the assault bike it either for me it's either i have to be really really easy where it almost doesn't feel like there's any benefit or just like really hard is that that in between is just right. a weird spot to be the bike right. erg the concept to bike erg you can actually kind of put yourself in that kind of aerobic area um that'd be another good one i, I kind of thought it was silly at first i was like why would you need that and an assault bike but it it's a little bit different. So yeah, add it yeah. to the gym. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you carving out time here. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. And so one thing that I really wanted to, to kind of touch base with you is, um, you know, I think, I think about this a lot, like the sport, it's pretty young and the way that the athletes are all kind of, 
um, working through this right now <laughs> is that's, uh, that's the mother-in-law. Oh, nice. That's that. That's the hookup right there. Yep. Um. So yeah, again, I appreciate you taking some time carving things out. Uh, a lot of things going on here and there. So uh, just off a big race weekend, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on. But so one thing that I think about a lot is like the way that this sport is so young and the growth of the athletes that are kind of coming through it and seeing how sustainable of a of a uh, competitive outlet or just like an outlet for athletes like yourself to make like a living more or less on this. And it seems like there's only been a couple of athletes who've been able to really kind of support themselves. And, but since it's so new, like seeing the, like light, like the lifespan of this profession is interesting to me and trying to figure out how the, the sport of our OCR can sustain a lifestyle for not just like one single person, but just when life continues to kind of pop up, like how well is it going to do for the athletes? And you kind of are caught like right in that, right? Like you were probably one of, because you were full-time OCR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until probably like a year ago. Yeah. And like, I mean, how many, how many others would you say there were, there, there are like four, five? Atkins, Lindsay, Nicole. Hunter. Hunter. Killian at one point. Right. Um, Faye, maybe. Um, oh, true. Yeah. She's She's got her coaching business and stuff. But yeah, like probably less, about as many as you can count on one hand, I'd say. And then this past year, a, a wrench obviously got through into everyone's life, right? With COVID and all that. But you also uh, brought a, a son into this world. So your life had changed like substantially. And of those people that we kind of mentioned, I don't know how many people were in this unique situation that you would have been in, in terms of like being a professional athlete and then having a whole lifestyle switch with then becoming a father. I know Killian is a father, maybe Bracken back in the day. I don't know what his exactly like family planning, uh, like timeline was, but when you, so what was your initial thought of how sustainable of a lifestyle it would be as a professional athlete for you as like becoming a father? So at first I thought it was going to be like nothing would change. Like I would still be able to do everything when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And I quickly realized that just like wasn't the case. Like, <laughs> cause everything, everything changes, man. Like you might not get the right amount of sleep because the baby's up all night and needs to be fed. And, um, maybe your wife needs a break from taking care of the baby and you need to, you need to step up and, let her, you know, go chill out for a little while. So like all of a sudden, like everything just changed. And that's probably why I, I stepped away for a little while. Um, I, I needed to find this new routine that would work for me because the past routine that I had where I had all this freedom and time to do everything was no longer there. So I sort of just had to take a step back and deal with the life that this new life that I have kind of settle into that and then re enter like the training into this new, um, like routine because the way that it was before was no longer going to work. I had to make a new plan and a new strategy. And I think I'm still, I've got it pretty dialed into like a science now almost. Um, but I, I'm still kind of tweaking things and figuring things out. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a process for sure. So did that change almost instantly? Like the idea of I'll still be able to come to train and perform and manage my time at a high level. Was it immediate that you're like, this isn't going to be this way? And was it just a logistics thing? Or did your feelings kind of change around? You're like, okay, this isn't necessarily where where I want to spend my time. Or what was that? Kind of like? Yeah, I mean, it was it was all of that, to be honest. Um at first, I was still trying to like do everything like I had been doing in years past. And I like fought it for so long. And then I just was like, this is not sustainable. Like I can't do this. Um, yeah, logistically, it wasn't right. And then yeah, the, um, your, your, uh, your, um, priorities obviously change. Yeah. And like I wanted, I wanted to spend more time with my son. And like I didn't want to miss out on those first couple weeks where he's, he just entered our life. And I, I, anytime I went and trained, like I sort of felt 
like I was either missing out on something or I was just being selfish with my time. Like I felt guilty for training when I had this like newborn baby. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it was. Yeah. I could imagine, I could imagine that like, and just training in general and training how much I'm sure that you do, or just anybody at this level would, it's like, it's, it's kind of a inherently selfish act anyway. And then when you have something else to kind of like be around, I'm sure that's really tough. So when you were like, what was, was there a point that it all of a sudden kind of dawned on you or, cause I'm sure, you know, this obviously is something that is going to change the trajectory of your life, but you know, for other athletes out there, there's different things, you know, a move, a job, whatever it is before they decide like, okay, I do need to actually change something. Was there like a moment there where you were just like, where it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back or was it like slowly over time, you kind of started to change the way that you were like, what your ha- work habits were, workout habits were and like family habits were? Yeah, I think it was a gradual, a gradual thing. And um, like my, my motivation for training and competing wasn't the same like anymore. Like I sort of felt like ever since he was born, um, obviously just a whole new perspective on things. And I don't know, like all the things that I like was trying to achieve, especially early on in my career, like, like money and notoriety, um, trophies, those kind of things were no longer like a, like a motivating factor for me to like, I, I don't know, like I've sort of felt like I had no longer wanted those, needed, needed those things, you know? Um, so that whole thing had to change. I needed to find like this new motivation train and obviously like wanting my son to, to, to maybe see me race one day when he's like old enough, see his dad, um, compete at a high level. And, uh, for the first time in my life, I kind of questioned if I could get myself back in shape because just my time was so limited and I don't know if my drive was necessarily like a hundred percent there. So, you know, that was, that was a big motivating factor was for the first time I kind of questioned myself and that was, that, that was enough to kind of spark the fire a little bit. Um, and then obviously I'm like, I'm getting older, you know, I'm, I'm 35 now and you know, a part of my, part of my reason for, for continuing on is I, I do want to, and, and thankfully there's been other guys that come before me that have done this, um, fathers and people who have competed at a high level at an older age. But, uh, I want to try to beat father time for like as long as I can. And, you know, like I honestly, like I believe that as long as I'm willing to adapt with training and make tweaks here and there that, that allow me to stay fit and healthy and give me longevity. Like, like I honestly believe that I could be competing for, for, you know, I mean, I could, I could see myself being on a podium when I'm like 50 years old. That's just kind of like how I see it, you know? And like, whether or not that comes true or not, I don't know, but it's like, that's a goal of mine now that wasn't there before. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, it, it's it's been crazy and um it's it's been probably one of the most beautiful times in my life but also i've gone through some really low points as well um but but i'm finally kind of pulling myself together and and getting back out there yeah and i want to talk about some of the like ins and outs of how you're kind of managing things now and like the way that you were were doing before and things kind of had to add or yeah. drop but uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about like the motivation piece and and the the aging athlete. I'm also 35. Graduated at 04 high school. Yeah, dude. Re- represent. Yeah. I think I think yeah. Medita is the same. I think we're all right in that same boat. Um, so I think about a lot, right? Because it's like physically we're still capable of a lot right now, but historically it's like how many peak years do we have? You know, is it like three? Probably not. We're probably like right now. You know, so we'll have to like do those longevity tricks or, or, you know, find the best ways that we can kind of sustain long-term and, and who knows the way that we know about recovery. We could be like the Tom Brady's of this sport, you know, right. we could just keep Very things true. rolling. Uh, LeBron James, he's 36, right? So we're Look good. At, uh, another good example is Justin Gatlin. Yes. Like this dude almost, I mean, he made it to the finals in the, 
U.S. Olympic Trials 100. But he didn't, he didn't make the team, but still basically 40 years old and running almost like a sub 10 second 100 meters. PEDs, PEDs notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave. We'll put that in its own, in yeah. its own box. Yeah. Gal- Galen Rupp, you know, he's our age. He's our age yeah. too. We're fine. We're doing yeah. great. But, yeah. um, you know, the one thing that I can speak for myself, like the reason why I've been doing it when I was, you know, 18, 25, whatever, they're, they're different than what they are now. Um, and that's, and I'm still just me, you know, I don't have uh, a family necessarily to support the, um, and I, my, my views on life have changed quite a bit along those times as well. So I'm interested, like before, like what we, when your motivation, what was driving you to like train and compete at such a high level, maybe in 2017, 18 versus now, like, what was it like back then? Like, what were like the things that would drive you to compete and like, why were you doing it then? Yeah, I mean, kind of like I mentioned earlier, like it was, it was my full time job. So obviously, money was like a big motivating factor, um, which which kind of sucks because it it sucks when you're lining up to a start line knowing, like, to pay that your bills, you need to probably get on the podium. Um, it's 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 kind of a a stressful situation that you don't want to put yourself in but did it feel stressful because yeah i mean i'm at like competing for a paycheck i mean if i make money it's like sweet great it's like extra i paid for my flight or whatever but like the i've never had that pressure to like compete because of my like well-being did you feel it in the moment or did you have to like look back like oh man that kind of sucked no when i'm at the start line i'm not I'm not really thinking about like, you know, if I don't, if I don't get on the podium here, I'm not going to be able to pay rent this month. Like mm-hmm. that's not really on my mind. It's kind of after the fact, like after the race is over, mm-hmm. um, I'm either like, Oh yeah, like this, this was a good payday or like, damn, I might have to go fly to this race in two weeks to make up for this kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a fun, fun place to be in. Um, and, and yeah, like I was, I wanted to be well known. I, I I wanted to be like famous in our little area of of what we do. Like I don't expect it to really go any further than that. But like I wanted the notoriety. I wanted the accolades. I wanted to prove all people that say that like that I couldn't do something. Like it was all those reasons, which aren't really good reasons to 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 um should be out there, but. You know, like it, it was what it was and it worked for a good amount of time. Um, but now I guess, you know, you transition throughout your life and you get older and, and things change. And I feel like a lot of that stuff that once motivated me, um, there's still like pieces of it that do, but it's not, it's not like it was before. Like I don't need to go and make money anymore. Like I bought my flight to, the Dallas race this past weekend and I paid for my hotel and I probably barely made even by, by winning that race. And that's fine. Like I do it more for the enjoyment now and like what makes me happy. Um, and that's, that's a nice, that that's, that's a good place to be because like there's zero pressure. There's zero really expectations. Like, you know, I've got my full-time job on the side. Well, not on the side. Racing is actually on the side now. But I've got my full-time job, and that's going to provide me a paycheck every single week. So now I look at it like whatever I make in racing is just kind of like little bonus, bonus stuff. It's not like what's gonna, it's not what's gonna pay the bills or support the family. So a couple things on that. You mentioned real quick, like I mean, the goals that we have in the moment, you know, or whatever is driving us forward. You mentioned like that they weren't necessarily good goals like what makes what makes you say that because i mean i I feel like anybody whatever is driving anybody it's like it's all their own like was there a pitfall to that or was it did you just um did it like backfire sometimes or what what made you say that yeah i think it it's like an inconsistent motivation Mm. like it's not it's not like um i don't know like it's not always gonna fire you up to train but like i don't know like when you're doing something because you love it and like, I don't know, like it's just, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just, it's different. Like it's not a sustainable motivation when you're 
constantly trying to just like prove people wrong or you're trying to win money or you're trying to, you know, do this or do that. Like at some point that's going to give or it's just going to come and go. Like it's just not always going to be there. You can't always count on it. Um, but now, now it's like, I feel like I have a more stable motivation for, for doing what I do. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how that maybe affects my performance. And so far it seems like it might be, it might be a good thing. Doing well so far, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's whole time. But like, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. And like a lot of reasons why I was doing it before was because it was like embedded with the person that I am, right? Like I am an endurance athlete. This is where I get my value from. It's like, I don't know who I would be without it, right? That, that is a great point. That, yeah, that's, I sort of, the better I did, the more I felt valued. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, I, I totally get that 100%. And and for me, that was just a horrible way to go about it. And like you could get a, I could get by just being talented and working hard enough. And so I feel good about myself. But like if things don't go well, it doesn't necessarily change who I am at all. But it did in those it moments. It feels like it. Absolutely. It really does. Where And the whole world doesn't see it that way. But internally, it's just brutal. I know, brutal. man. I, yep. Um. So that, that. I, I relate to that quite a bit as well. And like, that's one thing that when talking about like goal setting, like athletes who I'm coaching or whatever, and it, it, and if it's ever something like how you were saying before, it's like, well, I, I want to do it for myself. I want to prove it to myself. It's like, sometimes people don't mind feeling bad. You know, like people would like, it's not always a good motivating factor to do it for yourself as much as we would think it would be because, you know, we are the one constant in our life, but sometimes people don't mind feeling like shit. You know, they do it on purpose right. and like they don't right. stop that stuff from happening. Um, so that's cool that it kind of was able to switch. So now would you say your motivation is pure enjoyment or is the family component part of it as well? Or like where are you kind of? Yeah, now? yeah, it's both. I mean, it's it's definitely enjoyment. Like you'll probably only see me at races um, going forward that that make me happy and like races that I enjoy because I've spent much of my career chasing podiums and races that like either a don't suit me or b i just like don't really want to do like i've never had an interest of of going to big bear and hiking up a mountain but those were races that were in my contract to go do so i had to go do it and i never enjoyed the training for that like but it was just something i i had to do to fulfill my obligations with spartan and now I don't really have any ties with them. Like I'm freed up to just do whatever I want to do. And it's just, it's, it's nice. Like I'm super thankful for Spartan and, and everything that they've done for me up, up to this point and all the opportunities that I've gotten from them. But anybody who's ever been at a high level on the pro team, like dude, you're handcuffed, man. Like they, they really handcuff you on, on really what you can do i mean yeah you could go do whatever you want to do but it's like if you're trying to make money i mean you need to basically show up to all the big races and um yeah it's just like it it just takes the fun out of it really and i feel like for the first time in my career like i'm doing it because i enjoy it and that's sort of how it was when i got out of college and i was just like doing road races and things like it was just so much fun. Like I'd find a race, you know, a month or two out and I'd be like, Oh man, I'm going to get ready for this 10 K or something. Like it was always just fun. And then first year on the pro team, it was, it was fun. And then it's just, it becomes just like, obviously like a job. And yeah, you're just like, you find yourself doing things you don't want to do and, and train in ways you don't want to really train. And now it's nice to be like in a place where, okay, like, I'm I'm very similar to you. Like I like to go run and I like to do like gym stuff. I like to do strength, functional fitness. Um I don't I don't need to go to a climbing gym. I don't I don't want to go to an American Ninja Warrior uh place and, and do all that stuff. I'm 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 really just into fitness, like maybe not obstacles, but just like overall fitness. And now I'm just kinda like, okay, let's let's do that then and and see where it goes. And thankfully there are races now that didn't exist back then that um, 
can provide like a race for, for that kind of training, like high rocks and deck of fit. Um, so it's just super fun, man. Cause now I'm actually going to pivot. Now that I got that stadium race out of the way, I'm going to pivot into, into more like specific deck and high rocks stuff now. Let's go. Um, let's see let's rock and roll. Let's go. We got the so, home gym ready. Like let's, let's, let's mix it up. Yeah. Um, so, and like, that's the thing, like with obviously like we owe Spartan a lot, right? Like just because I think that company alone has grown us to this point. Right. And maybe if they didn't exist, there would be uh, an opportunity that some other company could have grabbed and built it to this similar point, but they didn't, you know, Spartan did it. Right. And then they did a really good, like really smart to harness the athletes to like propel the sport forward and kind of give legitimacy to that. But like their goal is not to push the sport forward for athletes like you or I, or to build, build a a professional route for someone like you or Hunter like their objective is to get people off the couch, right? Get people moving. So essentially we're more or less pawns that they can kind of move around and kind of push things into like different agendas that they have. Like, like with Spartan cross, when that's going to roll out, right. They're going to be like dangling a lot of money out onto that to try to get everyone to go into that route after they've been spending so much time in the mountains or doing DECA stuff. And now it's like, okay, now this is where we need to go because that's where the money Mm -hmm. is. So, Mm -hmm. but that's why it's nice now to not not have to worry about it as much. It's like I'll do it if I want to, if it's fun, but right. like, I don't need to do a Spartan cross to it's like going to Big Bear or something having to go there. Yeah. Um one thing you mentioned before that I thought was interesting like about the notoriety of things and wanting to uh you know be like famous in our space. Do you feel like you're famous in the space? Did you do that? I think so. You I think like you I'm, did that? Check that off. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm one of the more like recognized uh, figures um, in our sport. I mean, there's, there's obviously it's, there's quite a few, um, but I would, I would put my, I'd put my name in there, put my name in the hat. Put you in the top five. If there was like a draft. Yeah. You'd probably be in the lottery. Yeah. I'd probably pick you. Have, yeah. you. have you done any like the TV shows or anything? I did do a TV show. Uh, the selection. I don't know if anybody's, ever heard of that one but I, I did this i did this um this military style tv show a couple of years ago where they took 30 civilians and they put us through like special ops training huh and it was we did things from like all the different branches of the military like you know the army rangers the navy seals the green berets um i think i might be forgetting one but they just took us through basically what they would go through in that kind of training like it started with like very like boot camp kind of style stuff and then it got into like real like serious kind of things where um they're throwing us in like the deep end of the pool with our hands and feet tied together um they're they're putting us in like um like solitary confinement and yeah it was just like this really gnarly experience um there was actually a couple of uh bracken crocker's brother was on the show he was he was he left very early he didn't last he didn't last too long but um he was on there um and yeah there there was 30 of us and I, i was one of four people to make it through the the entire course which was like 12 or 13 days long huh and we we probably slept like I don't know, man. Like there were some days we didn't sleep at all. Like we were sleep deprived like crazy and we might get an hour here, here and there. Um, yeah, that was a pretty wild experience and, uh, something, something I can look back on and, and be proud of. Did you get recognized from that? Were people were like, are you the yeah, dude? Yeah. Are you yeah, serious? <laughs> yeah. Do you get yeah, recognized? It, it was on, it was on the history channel. So it was like, it was on a decent network and, um, I'd say more. Then like somebody recognizing me at like a, a grocery store, like it was just like messages on Instagram, like, right, right, dude, right, just like hundreds of messages, like man, you're you're such an inspiration and like all that <laughs> kind of stuff, and it's like, thanks, but I'm just, just trying to push myself, just regular guy trying to push myself. This is interesting, right? Because sometimes you know you hear these things and like want to inspire people or 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 people that are inspired by like these huge acts of fitness or or like endurance like you had gone through and i think about that too it's like i don't 
that's not something I'm necessarily even thinking about doing. You know, it's just like what I'm, I just would push myself to try to accomplish something here or there. Like I would never think of it that way. Are you thinking right. about, do you ever think about inspiring people or is it like, do you, and when you get those messages, are you like, all right, cool. Or, or, or like mission accomplished or how do you even like interact with that type of, I guess it's a compliment, right? Like how do you interact with that type of compliment? That's yeah, that's a tough one. Cause I, I, I feel like I do the same with like other athletes they may, you know, I might watch a, like a track and field race and watch, you know, Matt Centrowitz freaking like, run this awesome race or something and like it inspires you and like maybe it compels you to like send him a message and be like yo man like i'm a i'm a pro athlete in this space and i just want to let you know that like your race today just like fired me up and got me motivated to to start training hard again and so he's now yeah so it's like people do it to me but in a way i sort of do it to other people too Hmm. so it's not something i necessarily think about in the moment and i am grateful that whatever i'm doing is is somehow inspiring people but it's it's never been like a goal of mine to like inspire others and i don't want that to come off as like bad but that's just never really been something i've thought about if that's a byproduct of it like that's that's great like I, i i love that um but for much of my career, man, it's, it's been very selfish reasons for, <laughs> for, for what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. 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 It's like, I feel like, oh, that was so great. I'm inspired. It's like, I don't know, man. I was just doing burpees. I don't know what you, I was just, right. I didn't care at all. I wasn't thinking about that one bit. Um, yeah, that, that's an interest. It is. It's a good byproduct to have, but it, it doesn't necessarily need to be like a driving force, maybe for some people, but I wonder, I wonder uh, like how many top athletes like do think about that, you know, like, I can't, I honestly don't think many, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. And maybe it's something specific, like for you wanting to inspire your son, like maybe right, right. that could be something, but to inspire the masses. Like the general public, right? Has to be, you got to have a big ego on you to, to yeah. do that. It's like, I'm yeah. so great that I'm going to get a waves of people inspired mm-hmm. to do this. Um, so now that your time has been shrunk mm-hmm. for, for training, right? For just like whatever what were the things that you had been doing where you had lots of time for yourself to train like what were the things that got cut what were the first things that had to go like how- well i think i think really the only thing that's had to go is my recovery in between mm. so like normally if i had all day like if, if i had a double training session that day whether it was two runs or a run and a strength session um, I could do one or the other in the morning and take a six to eight hour break and then go back and do my second workout in the evening. Whereas like now I work all day, I get home and my wife hands me our son and basically is like, I've been with him all day. Now it's your turn. So I have like, I pretty much from like 5am to like 7.30am is like my time frame. Um, for getting things done. So I still can do all the things I want to do. Um, but it just has to be combined. So like I'll go and do, for example, just like I'll go do, I'll go run for an hour. Then I'll come back and I'll go, I'll take like a five minute break, get some water, get a quick snack and I'll go right into like my strength session. So there's like zero recovery in between. And it's hard to know whether that is the right or wrong way to go about it. Like, I don't really know. Um, I can't really tell a difference. Um, but that's kind of, that's, that's really, uh, how my day goes is I, I stack it all on top of each other. Um, and if, if I do have a day where I need to do a double run or something that has to wait for my days off. Um, so I've planned it out to where like, you know, like, certain things get done on days that I don't have to work. Like very important training days will happen on, on days that I don't work. Um, but for the most part, it's, I stack it, I stack it on top of each other. And sometimes I'll reverse it. I'll do my strength training session first and then I'll go out and do my run afterwards and just add a little bit of like compromise, like factor to it. 
you know, just mix it all up kind of. Yeah. Just, uh, so you, would you say your volume is about the same? Um, running volume is a little bit low. I would say I've cut my aerobic just like easy runs. I don't do the duration that I, that I once did just because I'm going to be on my feet moving boxes all day, mm-hmm. like at UPS. Um, at a general day at work, man, I can get like, I don't know, like 30, 30,000 plus steps. Um, and, and yeah, you're just like, you're moving boxes all day. Um, so, so I give myself some, some leeway there with like my easy run. So like, really, I don't go over like 60 to 75 minutes on just like a run. Um, and where in the past I would just, I, it wasn't uncommon for me to do like 90 minute runs in the middle of the week and then have like a two plus hour long run or something like that. So now it's like cut to like 60 minutes, 70 minutes. And like, I'm sort of feeling like that might be the better way to go about it because I'm not as beat up Mm. um, from everything. I I wake up every day and I feel pretty good from like whatever I did the day before. So maybe that's that longevity component, you know, that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And mixing in the rower, the skier, the bike and everything like that can help with that, with that load too. And, and I like, you have to imagine if the goal races that you're looking at aren't going to be beast distances, like the amount of volume you're putting on your feet, it's not going to necessarily translate to race specific stuff as much, especially if you're looking at high rocks deca things, they're going to be like that, like 30 to 65 minute range or so. Um, the amount, so when, when I'm working with somebody who wants to like talk about nutrition, or just nutrition in general, people like really miscalculate how much they should or should not eat based on the amount of non-exercise activity they're doing. So like for you, 30,000 steps at work is a huge day. You're like definitely burning more calories there than during your workout session, like by far. Um, Are you accounting for that? Are you hungry? Are you getting smaller? Are you, how are you doing? Well, Let's see. So like I eat all the time, first and foremost, like I pack, I pack, um, I do like meal prepping like every night for work. Like I'm making, you know, all kinds of food to bring with me. And then I just like snack pretty much whenever I'm, whenever I'm hungry. Um, when I was getting back into shape, I like actually put on like 15 pounds and like had a little bit of chub on my stomach. Oh, okay. Got, got some of the so dad like, thing going. You're like, yeah. you know what? Let's go all in on the dad thing. Yeah. So like there were days at work when I would let myself like get a little bit hungry and mm. kind of push those limits a little bit. Um, just to kind of like try to lose, lose a few pounds. But now that I'm like back to like racing weight, um, I don't have to worry about trying to cut, cut any calories out. So it's, I don't know the exact number, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting down probably close to 5,000 calories a day, I'd oh, say. Okay. Like, yeah, like. That sure. seems right. That seems appropriate, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's what you I, need to be. I try to, so like, I'll do my workout in the morning on basically an empty stomach. I just wake up, have a cup of coffee, and then I go do what I got to do. And then I try to fill that before I leave for work. So like, if I go and burn 1,200 calories, that morning, I try to at least have 1200 to 1500 before I even leave for work. So that way I'm like, I left on like an even scale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of like snacking throughout the day. And I feel like the ability to the willingness to eat this much and the ability to do so is why there are athletes that look like you or look like Hunter who are going to be, or look like Isaiah who are bigger and are able to do a lot of aerobic work, right. Um, who are more muscular. And I feel like a lot of OCR athletes would aspire. Maybe you inspire people to look this way. Right. But their, their willingness to go to that point of eating just isn't quite there. It's like hard to wrap your head around eating 5,000 calories a day, you know? How do you, how do you get there? What are you doing? What do you eat? I don't know, dude. Just just let, just so hammer. Let let me <laughs> just say that nutrition has always been probably the weakest point of my like like if you look at all the areas of being a pro athlete, you know, like the recovery, the training, 
the nutrition. The nutrition has always been the weakest um, part for me. I haven't always, and I still don't, I don't have like the healthiest diet. I mean, mm-hmm. if you hung out with me, you'd, you'd probably be like, dude, like, how do you do some of the things you do and eat, eat this way? Um, that but like said, you burn I, so much, right? right? Like it's right. not, it's not like you're not eating apples all day or whatever, you know, like, it's, no, no. So like in the morning, it always usually like eggs, sausage, bacon kind of thing. Um, and then like a, a fat shake. Hmm. That's usually kind of what, what sets me up before work. Like I'll finish my workout and sometimes my wife will have it made for me if she's like up and, and doing those things. And then other mornings I obviously have to make it, but it's, yeah, it's usually like eggs and then just like protein, dude, you know, like bacon, sausage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, like a fat protein shake with some other things kind of mixed in there. And then I'll pack like maybe some pasta, like some like ground beef patties or, uh, like deli meat sandwiches, um, those kind of things to snack on throughout the day where I'm getting, you know, I'm getting carbs, but I'm also getting like protein. And, um, there's some junk food thrown in there. Like I'll throw like oatmeal cream pies, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches into my lunch. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. So like, dude, it's really not hard for me to like get that amount of calories. Like it's, it's, it's pretty easy, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I, like, but that's, to me, it sounds like you have a good sense of what your your demands are. Like you kind of, it sounds like you know when you're going to be hungry, when you should be hungry, and you can kind of adjust it intuitively. You know, so right. to be able to hold on to the body composition that you that you have and perform at the ability at the level that you are, like you have to have something going on where you're like, okay, I know I need to eat, and I know I need to eat this, so I'm going to do it. Where right. people might right. not even go there. And I, and I try to, and there are times when I'm like, okay, like I'll eat my breakfast at eight and I go to work and I try not to, like, maybe I can allow myself to have like one little snack, but I try to hold out until like lunch where I can like chow down like, you know, another 1500 calories in like one sitting. Um, so I try to wait until like 12, 1230 to like have my next meal. And then I'll have like another like thousand calorie snack around like two or three. And then I'll just like hold out hopefully until like dinner at like 630 and then put down another like thousand, 1500 calories there. And then I won't eat again. Usually it's probably my dinners are at like 637 and then I won't have my breakfast until like eight o'clock the next morning. So you're looking at like 13 hours fast roughly. And then I'm fitting in all my nutrition in like an 11, 10, 11 hour window. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to do it, but it's, it's just good to hear that you are like willing to, to put it in, right. Listening to your body and doing what, and, and getting the nutrition that you need from it. Um, because with that, like, I want to talk some high rocks and DECA stuff, obviously, if that's where your focus is going to be, there's definitely a body composition component to that. You you know, like, yes. What do you think? What do you think the optimal body is going to be for that. Like Hunter seems to be the anomaly, right? Like, right. I don't think we should all try to be like 200, 205. No. Um, and if we were, we probably wouldn't be able to run like that. Like, yeah. what do you, what do you think it, like people are going to need to be? Because it seems like, you know, there's definitely going to be an area of focus where people are going to start to kind of move into this with the different routes that there are. Um, right. And what, what I weigh right now, I'm like, I, and it changes with height too. So you can't just right. base it all on, on weight. Um, but I'm six one, about one eighty mm-hmm. right now, and that's a good weight for for the things that I've been doing, like DecaFit, um, uh, stadium races. Um, I feel like that's my weight that I want to be at for for those kind of events. But high rocks, like I was just telling my telling my wife last night, I was in the shower thinking about like what's the next thing like I want to do and. Uh, I think high rocks in, in, in August is like my next thing. And I was telling her, I'm like, I'm going to have to, I got to get jacked. Like I got to get, <laughs> and I feel like I'm pretty strong right now, but like I've done that event enough to know how strong I need to be. And I know that I'm not there right now, which is why I'm not going to the event next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go and probably do pretty well, but I know that I'm not where I want to be. Like I have to be my body type. I need to be at least 
190, 192. So I need to put on 10 to 12 pounds if, if I want to give Hunter like a run, a run for his money. Um, so I think that's a good, that's a good size. If you're around the six foot range around like 185, 190, I would say that's like the ideal weight for, for something like high rocks. And that's, it's pretty jacked. It's pretty big dude. That's a big (laughs) dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's about what, that's about what McGee is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a good size. Yeah. Um, but guys like, I mean, I would put maybe you and Bracken probably in the same weight category, maybe. We're about the same. I'm about 170. So, so yeah. So that, I think that's a great weight for probably deca fit. Yeah. Maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. like you've got all the weight and strength you need with that, with that frame, but you've done high rocks now. You know that like you might need to stack on a little bit. That shit is real. So that weight is real. I know. And and people keep asking me, they're like, Hey, are you going to go to West Virginia? Are you going to do this? You're going to go to Tahoe. And it's like, look, man, like I, like I need to figure out what I want to do. And then I have to like focus solely on that because it's my body type for high rocks versus versus like my body type to get ready for something like West Virginia, which is in the same month. It's like, you can't, you can't do both. Not well, you know, like <laughs> yeah. not, yeah, not well. So yeah, man, it's, it, it's a cool place to be in right now in our sport with like the whole hybrid racing and um, just all the things that got going on. I mean, there's so many choices to do and, um yeah it's it's yeah. fun it's a challenge so from a training standpoint like body composition aside right and 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 in order to put on that type of mass like i'm sure you're going to need to be doing some strength work for sure what yeah. do you think that like what do you think the workouts are that move, are going to move the needle the most for people because i'm i'm starting to get asked this a lot too and i'm 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 fucking i'm starting to figure it out you know i'm just like starting right. to try to go through it myself and like learn how it needs to feel, how it feels during the race, how it needs to feel during training and how to kind of simulate those type of things. Or if you need to do it that much, cause the workload is so much for these high rocks races. That's like, it's not super sustainable to train. No, like at a high rocks level for a long time. No. Cause it's no crazy. Yeah. Um, so the demands, the demands are too high. They're too high. Like to do. Yeah. So maybe a couple here, they're leading, leading in. But after that, it just seems like it's a beat down. Right. I, I think there's 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 definitely a place for high rock modalities in your weekly training, but I think there also needs to be an emphasis on just pure strength. Where like you're doing your your heart rate's probably not getting over a hundred, you know, like you're sitting there just doing bicep curls or you know shoulder press, um, squatting. I mean, all these muscles like you're 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 using obviously your biceps and like the sled pull and but you're not going to go pull a sled every day mm-hmm. and that's that's not going to get your biceps i mean it'll it'll give you some 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 pull strength endurance and it'll strengthen your biceps but you need to work on like the isolation stuff too um just to grow muscle you know just you, to grow muscle so yeah. you need to put in you could call it a bodybuilding phase if you want but like you need to be spending time doing deadlifts and, and bench press and, you know, like I said, bicep curls. You can even do tricep, mm-hmm. you know, skull crushers, um, very isolated strength movements, um, I think are going to be very beneficial for someone who's trying to get strong for high rock. You're not going to go and do wall balls every day. Like, uh-huh. it's just not, that's not going to get the job done. And it's too much cardio. It's cardio. Like, that's right. just... Like that's you do, still you do, cardio. Yeah. Right. You do 10 wall balls and your heart rates up, you know? Like, yeah. I'm going to do, uh, this old school squat program called super squats. It's like, it was this program written in like the eighties. I was just reading through it and it was coupled with, you ever hear go mad. It's like a, a, no. a bulking it's gallon of milk a day. Like that's how you, oh, how people damn. bulk. Yeah. It's like doing this and then drinking a gallon of milk a day. That's how people bulk up, which will get you like, 2200 calories i think it's a shitload of fat it's like 150 grams of fat and like that much protein too um i'm lactose intolerant man uh, so like i don't think almond milk's gonna do it for you no that's probably no good (laughs) even for like like supplementing protein into my diet oh oh, way way's no good so like yeah so i have to do uh like egg white protein and stuff 
Uh, it's, um, more, it's more expensive then, isn't it? It is way more expensive, dude. Shoot. <laughs> and I can't do I can't do like mass gainer and like things like that. It just like messes with my stomach too much. So just old school. Uh, just old peanut butter jellies. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this this program it's like you do it's like everything's three by twelve. It's like three by twelve shoulder press, bench press, like stiff leg uh deadlifts, but then in the middle of it there's a twenty rep back squat. Um, that is like the whole crux of the program where it's like in the book, it says, do what you can do for do what, do your 10 rep max and do it for 20. So essentially you're standing there recovering under load and then squatting and then breathing right. and then squatting right. again. Um, and that just that huge bout of effort will get this huge hormonal response with, uh, so supposed to, supposed to get yoked. So I'm going to try it and see what happens. See if I can yeah. get to that 180. 185. Are you, are you going to do another high rock soon? Or are you, are you going next weekend? Or? I'm doing, I'm doing Chicago, um, this weekend. So that something's all screwy with the times and everything. I'm like, but I will be in that race. Um, and then, then I'll kind of come into a, a phase two. And I, I feel the same way with, cause after that Palmerton is like two weeks after that. And it's just like, I haven't been on the trails right. at all, but I still feel kind of pressure to do it just cause mm-hmm. people are going to be there. And like, I'm sure people are going to like ask, Hey, how are you doing Palmerton? Cause it's like a hometown race for me, but I just don't really want to. Well, that's how I felt about yesterday's Colorado race. I didn't really want to, but it's like, ah, eh, right down the road. <laughs> might, might as well do it. Was and it fun? Were like, oh, it was fun. And people are like, oh, it's a sprint. Like, it's just like a stadium. Like, you'll be fine. And it's like, no, it's not, it's not really like a stadium race at all. Like, it's never like that. Even if it's a flat race, like, what was the course like? I didn't, ca- I saw the map, but was it still like nasty footing? And cause it looked like it was on a no. track. No, yeah, it was it, it. The first half mile was basically just a loop around the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. On on, and then you kind of transitioned off into like some like hard pack trails, but there was zero elevation gain. The footing was fine, but like, yeah, it's just it's still nothing like like a stadium race. No. So, and I I knew my flat running like wasn't like very good. Like I was right where I wanted to be for the stadium race, like my climbing and my functional fitness, that kind of thing. Um, but yesterday was more about just like going out and kind of just like seeing, having some fun and just being with the, the people out. Yeah. Just going out there. The OCR famous. You gotta say hello. Yeah, say what's right. up to the people, get some photos. Um, what do you think about the running for high rocks? Like, how are you gonna, like, how fast do you think you need to be? How fast do you think you should be for you in particular? Like, and how are you going to kind of work that in? You know, like, okay. you, so I don't, I mean, based off my past results like the the event where i did where i broke 60 um i don't think i i mean i might have averaged right around 30 minutes or so for the for the five miles so you're looking at like six minute mile pace um right but i i think it can be done you can you can run a really good time off slower than that i feel like as long as you can crush through the um strength portions uh and dude, some of those just require so much effort that like, I don't know, maybe it's smart to slow it down and be able to push a little bit harder on those. I mean, it's still something I'm trying to figure out. Um, I'm going to play around with some things here in this next next training block. I, I kind of want to experiment with maybe running a little bit slower and mm-hmm. then getting stronger. Um, basically, I mean, you know, you want to be able to go as fast as you can on the runs, but also feel like you can attack whatever station like you're going into um at least that's kind of how i approach it it seems like the stations are going to make a break right and that's uh the the one i just did in orlando i just went and gave like a complete max effort for the sled push and sled pull and i was under the assumption that i needed to do that like that's just how the race had to be where i should have paced myself a little bit better on those sleds because then after that my race was ruined you know i came off of it and well, i was it's, I mean, it's hard to pace yourself on the sleds it because is because it's like everything up until that point, because what does it start with? You do the 1K run, the 1K skiered, 1K run, then and, sled, then you, push. and then sled. So what, you're a little over 10 minutes into the race, maybe? Yeah, just about. And now you're about to go anaerobic. <laughs> right. <laughs> and And then you have to find a way to reel yourself back down. And I don't think there's anyone, I don't even think Hunter uh, is able to, 
control like his heart rate during that sled. I mean, it just requires so much exertion that like anyone's it's going to jack your heart rate up. It's just a matter of trying to 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 stay in control of it as much as possible. Um, yeah, and that's something I'm trying to play with is like how much slower is the sled going if it's if I'm not pushing it at what seems like a hundred percent. And like, it might not be that much slower because it's not that fast. Like, I don't, I don't see like the actual push itself making or breaking the, the time, like how, like how fast you're actually pushing the sled. Cause from what I've mm-hmm. seen, it seems like people are, are pushing it. It seems like who just seems to rest the least. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Did you have a strategy for it or were you just pushing it until no, no. <laughs> just almost going to push no. it until I get yeah, tired and stop? Yeah. And like the way that it used to be, um, I don't know if it's still this way anymore, but it was two by two by 25 meters. Um, sure they've cut in I, half. So I, I would always try to push it down 25 meters without stopping, um, which I was able to do the, the, the event where I broke, uh, 60 minutes. I pushed it all the way down and then I broke twice on the way back um that that was a good that was a good strategy for me um but i don't know man like it's that 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 particular station is so event to event like sometimes it i don't know like it's not very consistent in the way that it feels and uh just based off like the carpet situation and whatnot yeah yeah i'm not sure what the other factors are because the carpet is definitely something um but yeah, I've heard like humidity plays a factor into it. People say, what was the worst experience you had with it? Was it the first Miami one? No, actually I pushed it. That first Miami one I did, I came out of the sled push like a minute in front of Hunter. Oh, you're like, this is easy. Which, which I was event. like, yo, yeah, dude, I'm like, <laughs> come get some. And then he ended up doing the sled pull like three minutes faster than oh me. Oh my God. Well, that so was he, a long pull, right? That was a 25 meter pull, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. A rope that long is crazy. Yeah, and it and that that's crazy that someone can come back from a minute down and then be up, you know, a minute and a half on you from one one station, and that's kind of what High Rocks is. It's like if you leave one element like out and and aren't good at one of the things, like it's. I mean, you might you can get by on the rower, the skier, and mm-hmm. burpee broad jumps, and things like that, but the real game changer ones, like the sleds. Um, if you're not ready for those, man, I mean, it can, I mean, it's going to make or break your race. <sighs> yeah. It's, you this, know, is, like, this is, it's a cool event. I'm, I, I worry about, uh, the long term sustainability just cause it's so brutal that I think people are going to do it and be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I don't need so, to do that again. Uh, it's, yeah. It really, it really is. It, it, it's a very difficult event. Might be one of the most challenging things I've, I've done. Um, as far as like the sled pool goes, I used to always train and I still do a little bit like hand over hand kind of thing, like pulling it in. But I, I, I've found more benefit in just like training the way that you're going to pull it in the race, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole lean back and kind of take, take a few steps because you don't really realize how much that's taxing your legs when you're pulling that thing back and walking it. You know, rather than just kind of standing in one position and doing hand over hand in mm-hmm. training. So I, I've, I've started doing a lot more kind of like high rock specific pull work where backwards, I'm walking it back and then, and then doing some running out of that and kind of seeing how it feels. Cause it's like you're, you're, you're most likely not going to be able to do hand over hand. That's just no. the reality of the situation. No. Um, and then. When it comes to deck, are you going to hit some decas this year, you think? Yeah. So, and you might not like this very much. <laughs> what? But like, so, so I was talking to my wife last night and she, we were like, what are your goals for the rest of the year? Cause AT&T stadium was like what got me to kind of get training again, the race that excited me. But now that that's over, it's like, okay, what's the next thing? And my goal, and it, it may be a little ambitious. But by the end of the year, I want to have the DECA world record, the DECA fit world record and the high rocks world record by the end of this year. Nice. So there's definitely some, some DECA fits coming up. And I, I think I'll, I'll definitely do the one that's coming here to Denver. Um, no, alti- in- you don't get altitude conversion. It doesn't no. <laughs> work that way. Sorry. Heard you were giving, you were giving me shit for that. 
<laughs> I was like, it's always at altitude. I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, I'm definitely, I mean, it's high rocks and DECA probably for the rest of this year, maybe a few stadiums thrown in there too, but um, that's going to be the sole focus. And I just needed to get that foundation of fitness back. And now I can start to pivot towards, towards like high rocks and DECA. Well, the thing with DECA, right? Like the way I, um, the way I'm kind of pairing the two together, cause when I did DECA, I did, I was training a little bit. I probably did one or two DECA specific workouts for it, but I knew I wouldn't be able to compete well at a high rocks if I was just training for DECA, right? But I could do a DECA with right. high rocks training, right? So it'd be like right. preparing for uh, a 10K and running like a, and being able to run a pretty good 5K. Um, so the running needs to kind of, I would, I would think that the running is the biggest part of a deck of it, right? Would you say like, that's where that, where that's because the, the, yeah. the stations are not long enough and really not heavy enough to put, uh, put in that much work there. So like, and that's, just, just like general work capacity, you know, like you're, you're running and just being able to just to do the work at a high level, you know? just yeah. in and out. Yeah. Going, going yeah. quick in and out. Um, yeah, that's really what, what's going to be the game changer for that. So you're going to have to get your speed up too. I know the I six know. minute pace. It, look, <laughs> that's not <laughs> going to do it. <laughs> oh man. Oh, if you could have seen some of these workouts I was doing, trying to get back in shape, dude, it was so funny. Like times that I like hadn't, I hadn't been that slow in, in so many years. Like how'd you deal with that? Were you uh, bummed or yeah, were you just like, yeah. okay, well, well, I, I knew that it would come back, but. And, and honestly, it was, it was coming back slower than, than I thought it would. But then when I did that weekend where I did the, the deck a mile with DJ, and mm-hmm. then I also went to Austin and ran that, um, mm-hmm. that sprint, it was like that after that weekend, I feel like there was like a, a shift. Like, I don't know if it was just kind of pushing myself really hard that weekend, but from that moment forward, I, I, I noticed like big changes in, in some of my like interval, interval work, um, Cause it was, it was pretty ugly, man. Like I do something like a, like a three or four by mile with like two minute breaks. And I mean, I'm out here at altitude, but running like 540, like 545. And it's like, (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is not good. But then like a few weeks after that, you're back down into like the 520 range and it's like, okay, it's coming back. And really just one workout kind of like flooded into the next one. And the fitness started kind of piling itself on. Whereas like the first couple of weeks, you're just trying to get your legs back, you know? And then once you can start piling on the workouts, that that's when the fitness starts to pop. I do think there's something to that. Like you're going to remember, like it just, I, 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 the least scientific way to think about it, your body's just going to be like, Oh yeah, that's right. I've done this before. I've been here. Like I, I'm safe to push and to, to go this fast. Right. Cause it's essentially right. what it is. is like, you're not, your body's just like just trying to keep you safe slowing you down um mm-hmm. but once you remember you're, you're you're pretty good to go um well cool man i love those goals for the year and uh i think that they'll be pretty good what's the next thing you got yeah it'll be it'll be high rocks for yeah high rocks in austin, in or, austin. I'm, I'm gonna do the deck of strong here in denver on july 10th you got a shot at that record man that assault bike 12, they, they 12, fly 12, on that yeah 12, 12 minutes is pretty quick man really quick um my goal is just to beat DJ. Somebody's got to beat him at something. Just got to take him. Down. Right. Just let him know. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's my boy, man. We, we hang out. He's a good friend of mine, but, um, somebody's got to beat him at something. Yeah. All right, man. I'll let you go. I know you, I know you got places to, to go, um, get some more fitness in. You gonna, put- hey, you, I want to ask, you going to do any stadiums? You got any stadiums planned? So I'm getting, I'm getting married at the end of, in the middle of October. And then we're going on a honeymoon at the end of October, which is the same day as Citizens Bank Park, which is an Uber ride from my apartment in Philly. So can't do that one. Maybe City Field is late in November. Are you going to be East oh, yeah. Coast for any of these? I'm going to do, I'm going to do Fenway and, uh, yeah, Fenway would be the only East Coast one. When's Fenway? So that's in November, November 13th. You can, you could kick it in Boston that whole month and stay for the High Rock in december wait there's a there's a high rocks in boston mm-hmm. december like 16th or something a little east coast trip yeah come over to east coast yeah. where as soon as it starts to get terrible over here the weather's real bad yeah. you'll love it yeah um well dude I, hey i'm like i'm excited to uh 
to race you, man. Like, like you've kind of set the bar here at the deck of fit, you know, like you and David have been holding the fort mm. down. Yeah. And like, I appreciate it, you know, like it gives me something to, to strive for. And, um, it's just been, it's been nice to follow you guys and kind of just like, you know, keeping, keeping it going, you know, like it's been good. I appreciate that. And that's the hope, right? Like, in, like getting to these events and pushing them and learning how to do it and, and setting and just continuing to see what is possible in them, you know, and, and giving them some legitimacy and, and, and putting some stuff around it. So I'm looking forward yep. to racing you too. Let me know when, what deck is you're going to be doing and we'll throw down. Sounds good, bro. All right, homie. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. Later.